Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Gruber. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. <laughs> Kathy Gruber. <laughs> you all don't know what just happened before we hit record, and we're still laughing even though we're trying to compose ourselves. But anyway. <laughs> yes, we're, we're pros. Um, I'm Kathy Gruber, your co-host. And welcome back to another episode. Really happy to be back with you. Welcome to 2023 which does not sound like a real year. Like if you told me in high school, like something's going to happen in 2023, I'd be like, that's not real. So uh, we're back. And well, well, I know, cause I, I always grew up, I love history. And so mm -hmm. when I, when I always think of the twenties, I think of the roaring twenties and nineteen twenties, yeah. right. And so it's like, it's still so weird to me mm -hmm. to think we're in the twenties. Cause I always, you know, equate the twenties to it hundred years ago oh not, yeah not to what we're living now so yeah such amazing uh, co uh not costumes um you know the the outfits and the flappers and the music and the, oh i love the roaring 20s it was one of my favorite favorite arrows so we're back not roaring i don't know what we're doing we'll figure it out um but today we're going to talk about self-talk and so we think about sixty thousand thoughts a day how many of those do you think are negative jason uh i would guess probably at least two thirds to three quarters of them would be my would be my guess so what's the data actually say 50,000 are negative oh wow out of 60 50,000 out of 60 yeah. so I'm told that's 80 percent because I don't do math yeah and all those negative thoughts not only lead to other negative thoughts they also lead to negative results because what we think about we program and that's what we find so we're going to talk about self-talk today, and I'm sure some ways of uh, handling those little chattery voices in our heads that are telling us negative things. Well, wow, so that's pretty crazy. I didn't realize that it was mm -hmm. actually that much, right? I mean, I was thinking about, you know, when we talked about brain science before, how we usually have, well, I guess, I guess it does kind of line up, right? That, that, that our, our subconscious is usually picking up three times as many negative things mm -hmm. as positive right yeah. you know fear things so i guess that's 70 75 percent which is close enough for government yeah. work to say 80 percent as well yeah. right so um that it's interesting and i and i think you know self-talk is 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 one of these interesting things where most people first off you probably didn't realize you were having that many thoughts a day and you didn't realize that you're having that many negative thoughts a day yeah but the whole idea of self-talk i mean there's that there's actually a whole modality called self-talk right oh. that, that you can actually uh use but but it's it's so important i i think there's a couple of things that i kind of wanted to bring up before we really dive in to yeah. where i think a lot of people think we shouldn't talk to ourselves, right like you're crazy if you talk to yourself mm-hmm but I like to say, well, you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself, right? Because right. first off, we know we're talking to ourselves anyway, right? And so, so yeah, how can we start using some of this self-talk or some of the thoughts and the things like that that are going on uh, in a more positive way? Because, you know, the problem is unless we're intentional about how we're using self-talk, self-talk probably is making you go crazy because 80 yeah. percent of the things are freaking you out right yeah yep i agree i'm just jotting down notes because i talk about this all the time when i do my stress talks and and work with my coaching clients so 
Um, so let's just talk about our brain for a second. So I'm going to defend our brain. So our brain's job is to keep us safe. So our brain is constantly scanning the environment, looking for negative things, things that are a threat, things that could be a danger to us. And we respond quicker to negative things than positive things. Negatively valenced language triggers something in our brain faster. So if I say no or stop or don't, you're going to respond to that quicker than yay or nice shoes or hi, you know, just how our brain works. Some of us are uh, a little more suggestible to the negative stuff than others. Typically that's, I mean, that's the way we shoot out of the womb. Some people are just more worriers. They're just ne more negatively wired. A lot of that is uh, not heredity so much, but how, how we're raised and what we're told when we're raised. And if we are raised to think the world is a dangerous and scary place, then we become very risk adverse and we have a little more negative chatter going on. You know, that was my grandmother. Like if you were two minutes late for dinner, she had you dead in a ditch. <laughs> never, never considered that like there was traffic or you got stuck at work or you left the house late. Just no, she, you were dead. You were dead on the side of the road. That was just her brain. Um, my mom was the same way. Everything was negative or scary. Luckily, well, I didn't uh, get that as much, but. No, because I was going to say, because when we were growing up, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it is or has been, I think, for the last 30 or 40 years. You know, when we grew up, you know, you were, you were, strangers were, were, not bad strangers right it's right. like it's like we've been teaching kids for probably the last 30 yeah. or 40 years about stranger danger yeah right and again i mean don't don't get me wrong there's molesters and other crazy people that are out there yep but you know when you and i grew up uh, i didn't feel like i got that belief indoctrinated in in me no. so hard no. as maybe like what my kids probably did Yep. or others that are that are of their age right so mm -hmm. i love talking to strangers right? yeah i do I too mean, i just find them fascinating but it, it's interesting it's probably this you know and the whole negative talk and the negative view of the world has probably been indoctrinated more into a lot of the younger people oh yeah where they're probably more afraid yeah even though you know your grandmother and your mother were kind of like that I mean, my mom was a little bit more anxious too in some mm -hmm. of the ways, but um, I think a lot more people are probably that way now than our generation or older generations were. Sure. Oh yeah. I mean, we used to just take off our parents would give us like a buck and we'd walk, you know, a mile and a half to the 7-Eleven by ourselves. And then there's no cell phones. There were no, you know, if we didn't come home, they were shit out of luck. They had, they, all yeah. they knew was we went to 7-Eleven. I mean, that's just, that's all the info they had. And that was fine. You know, and I was like, 10, 11, 12. I mean, you know, it's not like I was a, a older teen at that point. Like we were younger, but we just would wander the neighborhood. We'd go out on our bikes, you know, when the streetlight came on, you came home and that was just the way it was. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a different thing, especially not having that safety net of cell phones. So that's the first thing. So our brain is wired for negativity, um, but we can change that because we discovered something called neuroplasticity, which means we can rewire our brain. So um, the other thing I was going to say was a lot of the times where that negative self-talk comes from is programming from outside people. So if you had a teacher that drilled in your head that you were stupid, if you had a coach that drilled in your head, you weren't good enough. If your parents were either um, very passive aggressive or kind of, you know, verbally abusive or not even bordering on the abusive, but just like said things like, why aren't you like your brother? 
you know, then that's going to translate into how we talk to ourselves and how we talk about ourselves. And there are ways to change that. But if you have that nagging voice of you're stupid, you're an idiot, you can't do it right, you're worth crap, there's ways to shift that. It's a pro- it takes a while, but you can actually absolutely shift yourself out of that if you want to. Well, it kind of reminded me of a, a story that one of my friends told me uh, where he, he was a good student, but it, it must have been, I don't know, back in like first or second grade. I mean, it was early on in his life that he he didn't do well on some math test or something like that. And his teacher at the time just made a, a comment about, Jim, you're not very good at math. Right. And again, it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything malicious. Sure. I don't, I don't think that this teacher was sitting there and telling him every day that he was bad yeah. at math. That you're an idiot. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but for some reason, right. That kind of stuck with him. And it showed up because, again, as he went through school, what was interesting is he would have A's in every subject and then he'd get a C in math, right? Because he he continued to tell himself, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math, right? And what do you think your brain's going to do for you? So he wasn't good at math. And it wasn't until, you know, he got older. I can't remember if, he, if it was when he got into college or mm-hmm. when it was, but at some point he kind of realized you know, hold it. I'm, I, it's, I'm not bad at math. I'm, I can be good at math. Right. And so he started having some evidence of it and started kind of reprogramming that. Uh-huh. Um, but, but yeah, even something as, as, as simple as that uh, can, can cause that. Or <clears throat> I was actually just talking with, with somebody yesterday um, and, and his mother was very hard on him. Uh-huh. Right. So his father died when he was young uh-huh. And so his mother was like hard on him, kind of like pushing him and, and maybe a little bit mean in some ways, but but probably not, not intended from a malicious standpoint. But, you know, sure. sometimes parents think if I'm tough on my kid, if I tell them, you know, that they're not good enough, so they work harder, then it's going to make them a better person overall. Sure. So yeah. I tough think some tough love, right? So I think sometimes parents, they have a good intention, but what that does is it starts to build in some of that negative self-talk and then sure. we, we just keep perpetuating itself to ourselves. Well, yeah. And that goes generation to generation, right? It's like, I'm going to, my dad world with an iron fist, I'm going to do the same. And, you know, it goes back and that gets, that gets passed on until somebody goes, wait, I'm going to break that cycle. Like, I don't want to treat my son like he can't cry and he can't be in touch with his feelings. And, you know, somebody has to break that cycle and you can break the cycle yourself. Um, what else was I going to say? Yes. Neuroplasticity. Yeah. Neuroplasticity. Sometimes we have these thoughts unconsciously, right? So you'll all of a sudden be doing something and go, wait, why do I suddenly feel anxious? Or why do I suddenly feel like crap? And I've had those times where it's like, wait, why am I why am I feeling anxious? I'm just sitting here doing the dishes. Well, wait, what did I just think? And I'll actually kind of trace back my thoughts and realize that I had this anxious, this anxiety producing thought and didn't even realize I had it. It just sort of passed through with enough consciousness that I had a physical reaction to it, but not with enough consciousness that I went, Hey, don't think that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's fascinating what our brains do. And, and we, you know, every three to five seconds, our brain interrupts us with a thought. Uh, This is why meditation is so hard because you can't just blank out your brain. That's incredibly difficult to do. And whoever said that's the key to meditation, I'd like to sit down and have a conversation with, because that's, 
it's not how that works. You know, I mean, no. even Thich Nhat Hanh, when I studied with him, said there were days he couldn't meditate because he couldn't turn his brain off. And I'm thinking, dude, you have one job, which is to sit there and meditate. Um, so we have to give ourselves a break with that. And also, because of the way our brains work, the more we think a certain type of thought, the stronger that connection gets. That's what neuroplasticity is, right? So you think those two thoughts, there's that connection. And when you stop thinking it, the connection ceases, but there's this little like trail of dust that is sort of connected and then the dust fades away. But the more you think that, the stronger that dust gets and the thicker that dust gets until it forms a new connection. So what fires together, wires together. So the more you think that negative thought, that's all you're gonna find, which is why we say we want prosperity and abundance and love and joy and health. And what we're getting is lack and fear and hardship and because that's what we're focused on. Oh, can I do an exercise? Can I just do a quick thing with you? Well, of course. Cool. Okay, so look around your, I might've done this before, I don't remember, but it's, it's so fun. Look around your room and find everything you can that's red and memorize everything that's red. Memorize everything that's red. Memorize everything that's red. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Now close your eyes. Okay. And recall everything you saw that was blue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh... sorry drastically unfair i know but that's what happens with our brains right if we're only focused on the negative stuff that's all we're gonna find yeah the blue stuff didn't disappear it's there the positive beautiful amazing opportunities and things are around us all the time but we're not looking for them and that just breaks and i'm i i'm the same i'm not perfect at this but it's like i try so hard to look to the positive of situations and sometimes there's a delay right you want to wallow in the shit before you look for the beauty which is also human nature, but you know, if you can shift your focus and that's what really this is about shifting your focus to the positive stuff, everything's going to start to change. Well, and I think, cause, cause that's where, um, you know, again, I, I think if we go back, like you said, 60,000 thoughts a day, every three to five seconds, and most of them are subconscious, right? Most of and them most are negative <laughs> and most of them are negative, right? So so again, like you said, when you when you had your example of of washing the dishes and all of a sudden something came in, right? So so again, maybe something that people who are are listening right now can kind of think to themselves, right? When you do something that you didn't want to do, when you make a mistake, what's the first thought that goes through your mind? Is it something like, you know, bad Jason? Or, oh, that was stupid. They're an or, idiot. I'm so stupid. I'm mm -hmm. an idiot. I'm a whatever, right? So when you make a mistake, what's the first kind of thought that comes into your mind? Mm -hmm. Right. And and again, it, we're not gonna we're not gonna stop it right away. <clears throat> but like you said, if we shift focus, if we shift our awareness, so that when you when you make a mistake and I say, Oh, Jason, that was so stupid, I catch myself. Mm -hmm. And I say, so I don't know, something like mistakes are a part of life and I'm stronger because now I know how to do it better. Yeah. What a great opportunity for me to learn something because yeah. I, but you did, did you, did you walk the first time that you tried to as a baby? Oh, of course I did. Cause that's the kind of baby I was. Yeah. I didn't. I'm a loser. <laughs> you didn't. No, I <laughs> fell down a lot. Right. And could you imagine if like the first time we tried to stand up and walk, we just went, oh, well, I'm never gonna fucking do that. And we just stopped. We'd all be slithering around like snakes. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't be able to stand. No one would be walking around, which might be better for our backs. 
I terrible. have these arms, but I can legs, but I can't use them. It's terrible for the shoe industry, right? I mean, so like we have to have that failure and success is not a straight line. It's that, you know, up and down. It's this, this convoluted path to get what you want. And so much of it is mindset. And you know, I'm a huge NFL fan. And when that field goal kicker is looking at those uprights and there's two seconds left and they're down by two and he's going to win the game, I hope he's visualizing that ball going through and he's thinking, I got a field goal, I got a field goal, I got a field goal, as opposed to, I hope I don't fuck this up and oh, this is going to be a nightmare and the guys are going to hate me and I already missed one this game. And, you know, if he's thinking that, uh, I know it's like, it's like when they hit, when they hit the up, upright, because there were a few of the games this last week. It's like, oh my gosh, right. I mean, you make you make three field goals in the game and you miss the one and you hit the right one. So, you know, same thing when he's looking up there. Is he looking right down the middle, like visualizing where the ball's going to go? Or uh-huh. did he say to himself, he, he looks up and he sees the right right side of the goalpost. He's like, I better not fucking hit that. Yep. Boom, you know, Boom. Doinks, yep. It off, doinks it off the side. So it, it's, it's interesting. And like you said, right? So So when you start becoming aware of it, just start trying to replace it, right? And one yeah. one thing that I do, and again, so I'm just curious. This is something that I I do, and again, I don't know if it's necessarily. I think it's probably based in some science as well. But you, as a hypnotist, I mean, you might know too, right? But but the idea is when when I try to do that, or when I'm trying to reprogram something. Again, I think we've talked about I am statements yeah. and, and the positive. We've talked about that before on, on the on the podcast. But what I try to do is I'd heard at some point that we have to kind of hold our attention for 17 to 20 seconds for things to really start to kind of click. Right. So it's, it's, it's like, so what I try to do is, is repeat mantras or things Uh like that to myself often 10 times, let's say, because again, even if it's something that's small, if I say it 10 times, then I've usually held my conscious, mm-hmm. my consciousness on that for that, you know, 20 seconds. 10 is a great number because I got 10 fingers too. What? I know. Imagine you got that. 10? Right? <clears throat> I got 10. Wow. I got well, I got I got eight fingers and two thumbs, right? Isn't that the old joke, right? But anyway, <laughs> but I can count, right? Because sometimes when you're doing things like that, you kind of lose track of where you are. And so sometimes, I mean, if you, if you watch me, I might be sitting there in a conversation with somebody and you don't notice it, No. but I'm, but I'm just kind of like touching my hand, touching my fingers, mm-hmm. or I'll put my fingers together yeah. and it'll be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. right? Yeah. So I have a funny can, story. So, so that yep. way I can kind of keep track of it, keep myself on point. And, and, and that's how just saying it one time yeah, is going to help. It. It's going to help, uh, yeah. but it's, it's not going to be, you know, you've got to replace probably like 10 positive things for every one negative. Yeah. So I have a funny story. So when I studied mind body medicine at Harvard, um, Herbert Benson, who is like the rock star of mindfulness and mind body medicine, I got to study with him and he started the Benson Henry Institute for mind body medicine at Harvard. So when I was there, he was telling a story about how he used to do this breathwork exercise where he would have you go, think one, exhale one, inhale one, 
exhale one. And he was explaining this to one of his fellow researchers who said, I love that you don't actually count. I love that you're just using one because, you know, we are one with the universe and we are one B. And this guy starts to wax poetic about why it was so great that Herbert just did one and not all these other numbers. And he started to laugh and he said, I tried to have people count, but the kids at Harvard were so stupid they couldn't remember what number they were on. <laughs> so he was finally like, just say one because they kept screwing the like one, three, four, six. They'd kind of forget where they were. So he said, just do it with one. Well, well, because I've heard when I've heard that that exercise too, that, that of, of people do count up too, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so you just kind of keep going one, two, three. Yeah. And, and then when you lose your track, you go back to one. Right. But why even worry about all of that? Just right? say one. Be just say one, because then you don't even have to to worry about cognitively thinking actually it's brilliant yeah right because it, it helps to shut off um some of the consciousness yeah. of the exercise because you know i find myself whenever i'm trying to do that that's why i use my hands right, right? so i don't have to think about it because if you're consciously trying to remember what number is next right then you know yeah you're kind of losing yeah. part of it anyway but I just thought that was funny. So yeah. Um, so let's talk about real quick. How much time do we have? We have a little bit of time. So let's talk about affirmations, which is one of my favorite things. And we kind of started to talk about that. So um, we've talked before about affirmations where getting all of your senses and stuff involved with that. So if you say it out loud, you're not only speaking it, you're hearing it. Writing it down is one of the greatest things. And if you can write it in cursive, which is that loopy writing that we're not taught anymore, that goes directly to our subconscious. And I just read another statistic. I'm doing Noom right now the little weight loss app thing. And there's um, like seven to nine minutes of psychological learning every day, which a lot of, a lot of it I know, but it's just, it's just fun. Uh, but it was giving the statistic of people who write down their goals. I think it said 46 more, 46% uh, more get it if you write down your goals. So anything you write down, especially in cur cursive is just going to be more beneficial mm -hmm. for you. And that last half hour before you go to bed is that golden time where if you write stuff down there, it goes not only directly into your subconscious, but your brain works on that all night long. So with affirmations, keep them short, present, in, uh, present, positive. I am at peace. I am healthy and well. I am fabulous. I am beautiful. I attract money to me. I, you know, whatever you want to say, depending on what your negative self-talk is, and it'll start to rewire your brain. It'll start to shift. Now it's not immediate, obviously, but it will help change that. And if nothing else, even if you don't get the thing you're affirming, at the very least, it's stopping those negative thoughts, which means it's stopping the stress response. And the more beautiful, positive things you're looking at, the more you're going to find. So that's where I love affirmations. Well, yeah, and 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 that's where um, you know a, a term that I've used a lot is multisensory. It's mm -hmm. the same thing yeah. that you were talking about there, right? Is that that you know when you're doing it, the more multisensory you can make your experience, the better. The more it's going to click, right? right? And again, going back to our brain, I, you know, I I share a picture of a brain with people a lot of times. It's like kind of color coded. Mm -hmm. and it's like all right, this front part right here, the front pre prefrontal cortex lobe right here this little tiny red part that's your consciousness right but all these other ones are are usually also associated with specific senses uh -huh. as well right and so that's why if we're consciously trying to think something it's only going to program itself in one part of the brain right but if we're using the other senses if we say it out loud if we're writing it so we're seeing it as well if we're 
if we're feeling it, if we're using an mm-hmm. anchor or some kind of yeah. tactile thing, right, then we're, we're kind of physically feeling it. But like you said, also, we can kind of visualize or feel from an emotional perspective, right? So, so if you're saying I'm healthy and well, I'm healthy and well, I am healthy and well, right? As you're saying that, if you're seeing yourself, you know, triumphantly crossing the finish line of a marathon or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, right? If you're kind of visualizing or feeling, hey, what would it feel like if I, you know, won the Super Bowl since we were talking about about football yeah. before, right? How would I feel if I won the Super Bowl? What kind of elation would I uh, feel? Uh-huh. Right? And so if you can, if you can feel, if you can write, if you can, you know, some of these different things that we're talking about, the more of those senses that you can activate while you're doing it, yes, literally, the more it's going to program itself in your brain in different places as well. And I got to tell you, right, I mean, if, if you were, if you were copying or making a saved copy of something, and you only saved it once, or you saved it five times, right? Which one of those do you think is going to be more likely to actually stick and be able to go back and find it again? Yeah. Right? Five times is better than one time. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, and and that's my, one of my favorite things, the affirmations and going with that is visualization because the brain can't tell the difference between what we're thinking about and dreaming about and fantasizing about or what's actually happening. So if we think really negative stuff, it's going to put us into a stress response. And we're going to, you know, this is why when we dwell on the past, we can actually relive those things. And that to a certain extent is PTSD, but on steroids, right? Where we're constantly reliving that negative thing. Um, If you're dealing with PTSD, that's, you know, it's not what we're talking about right now. So like, let's go get help for that. There's amazing techniques, including things like hypnosis and EMDR that can help with PTSD. But if you're, or if you're fantasizing something negative about the future, you know, you swiped left or right or whichever way you swipe to get the date. And then you have to go meet this guy I don't know. I don't date. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, he's probably not going to like me. And, you know, I'm heavier than I am in this picture and, you know, this and that, and uh, I'm probably going to slop food on myself and it's going to, I'm having a bad hair day. And, you know, I'm not as funny. He looks really funny and he likes dogs and I'm allergic to dog. You know, oh my God, don't go on the date. It's going to be a nightmare. Like if you're already setting yourself up that negatively to meet this person or to ask for that raise or to have the meeting with the boss, then what do you think the outcome is going to be? It's not going to be good, (laughs) you know, or as good as it could be. So visualize what you want. Visualize is in, with as much detail as you can, those things that you're dreaming about and you'll find that things start to shift. They do. They do. And, and you know, what you kind of touched on before, the whole idea of neuroplasticity. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's only a concept that's been around for, I don't know, 20 years, maybe. Yeah. 20, 30 years, maybe. Yeah. We thought the brain um, was fully formed at like 27 or something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that to me, that gives hope as well yeah. right because again a lot of people you know would live their life thinking well that's just the way i am you know oh. you can't teach an old dog new tricks and all those different things but you can't teach an old dog new tricks yep. right and so you know doing this becoming more conscious of some of the negative self-talk replacing it with some better things visualizing mm-hmm. it more including more of your senses to it yep you know slowly we can you know start changing that and and start rewiring your brain literally yep. uh and and again you, you don't have to believe us but there's pl- plenty i mean kathy and i have done it and, and, plenty I, of and research. I know lots of people and there's lots of scientific research behind it too 
So, you know, you can do it yeah. um, if you want to. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, this is great. Everybody start doing, uh, shifting your self-talk. The first part of that is noticing. So notice the self-talk and shift it where you can. Affirmations, visualization, all that stuff's great. Bring all your senses in. And I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great week. See ya. See ya.